Hey Paul, how are you? I'm good, Philippa. Yourself? Nice to see you again. I'm Same good, thank you. you. Um, well, it's nice to jump on and do this with you anyway, because I don't know much about your business and you probably don't know much about my business. This is probably quite a nice opportunity to uh, get to know each other a little bit better anyway. So who are you, Philippa? Tell us and who you are. And for the record, everybody, we're not married. We've just got the same no, name. No, we're not married. We've just got the same <laughs> surname. Yeah. It's not a very common surname, obviously. So it's... Uh, well, exactly. It's a little bit well, out there. Well, I've got a member of staff called Charlotte Philip Smith, and I'm called Philippa Smith. How mad's that? Wow, okay. Yeah, a bit too close. So that's a lot of confusion with that. that anyway, me, Philippa Smith, I own a company called Silver Swan Recruitment. We're 10 years old, and we specialise in private domestic staffing. To people who don't know what that is, we basically put hospitality staff in rich people's homes, um, and we recruit for the ultra high net worths of the world who have multiple homes, yachts and jets, and we provide all their staffing because God forbid they can't make a cup of tea or make their own bed. That's ultimately what we do. And we operate globally. So our head office here in London, we've got an office in Dubai, we've got an office in Miami, so we've got clients sort of real spread. Um, that's me. Well, I'm going to sound really boring now. Christ almighty. <laughs> That's uh, in comparison to you. So I'm Paul Smith, um, owner, managing director, tea maker, coffee maker, whatever you want to class me as, of uh, Deploy Recruitment Group. Um, so we just turned 10 last week, and uh, it just marked one year of ownership the week before that as well. Uh, so it's been quite an interesting journey. So we are infrastructure and technology, uh, based in Wellington City, uh, sunny Croydon, uh, and down in Surrey, and um, we work UK, Europe, and the USA as well. Uh, so we place blue-collar, white-collar individuals, temp, perm, contract, whatever we get our hands on, basically. Oh, you've got like a proper job. I've wow. Like a proper job. <laughs> yeah, so I've always been interested in your side, the market. So that's why when they asked us to do this today, I found it quite interesting because it's 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 very much two different worlds that kind of collide but mm. there'd be a lot of similarities in the type of individual top to bottom. We probably do hire, but we don't mm. really realize it to be fair. So, I mean, mm. look, the, 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 the world of recruitment's ever changing, let's be honest. Mm. Mm. And, you know, one week to the next is a new bit of technology or a different way of working or a different mindset. So how have things have been for you over the last 12, 18 months? Mental, good mental. Good, busy. It's clear. How's it been for us? Um, yeah, we've been really busy. I've been noticing, like, especially in the TRN groups, people have been, especially in the tech industry, like, had massive highs followed by massive lows. We didn't really sort of get affected by any of that. No. Um, we, um, um, recessions or turns in the market or downturns, whatever, doesn't really affect billionaires of the world. Doesn't really matter what happens. They're still going to... They're still not going to look after themselves at no. home. Um, COVID was horrendous because we put stuff in people's homes and when you can't put stuff in people's homes, yeah. that was obviously an issue. So this is obviously prior to last 12 to 18 months. Um, and so also what, a lot so, of our... so what sort of changes did you have to make then in lockdown? I mean, obviously, as you say, you continued on trading. What, well, what Was there any particular trends or changes you had to make? So obviously either well, keep the staff motivated, et cetera. Well, basically, at the very beginning of lockdown, um, literally, I think it was pretty much, I was skiing in France when they shut the border. I was there and my, when everyone got kicked out of the ski resort. Um, but the same morning, the exact same morning, our big we've got a massive client in Saudi, got in touch with them and said, we need 80 staff sent out to us over the next six months. With or without lockdowns, we'll send private jets, we'll do quarantines and all the rest. So with, without that, I don't think I'd even have a business because wow. that aside, we made no money whatsoever. I furloughed pretty much everybody apart mm. from my Saudi team. Um, and that the cash from that, and, and we, we, we're only um, contingent, which we can talk about later, but um, yeah. Because we send people to Saudi every single month, from a cash flow point of view, it's absolutely fine. I never need to take money up front or do a retainer with them. But in this instance, I said, will you pay half your fee upon offer, half yeah. your fee when they arrive, which I've never done before. They're like, yes, of course. If that arrangement wasn't in place or they hadn't agreed to it or whatever, COVID, it, we would have just literally shut our doors. I would have reopened them later, but it was just... And so not only could... So what, what happened was principals, we call them principals, our bosses, so the, the, the billionaire, the principals... Yeah. Typically, principals have multiple homes, all fully staffed. They'll travel between them all, yeah. typically. So there's a lot of recruitment going on. What happened during lockdown is they would isolate in one home, get rid of everybody else, so everybody right. would lose their jobs, and they would go down to a, a real skeletal team who were forced to, well, 
who were offered to keep their jobs and live in with them. So therefore recruitment was just didn't happen because no one was leaving jobs. Nobody's hiring. Um, And there was a lot of candidates looking for work. So it was really, really difficult for the industry and really difficult for people um, uh, who got laid off. Obviously we came out of lockdown. um, And yes, there was a flurry of recruitment in terms of um, them wanting to restaff homes and people who had to live with their principal who now hate their principal would leave jobs, et cetera. But we have found actually in the market, maybe not so much the last 12 months, but maybe the year or so after lockdown, um, these principals, just to give an insight, rich people are very tight, right? Really tight. That's why they're rich. Um, That's why they're rich. And they're incredibly demanding. They want everything for nothing. Like literally I'll have a client, I'll have a billionaire, right? argue with me for weeks because he wants 500 pound off his invoice for whatever reason the invoice could be 20 grand yeah i think yeah, it's yeah, a principle yeah. i think it's a power play a principle thing it's not really about yeah. the money and i'm just like so often i'm like why am i doing financial favors <laughs> to one of the richest men in the world how ridiculous anyway but one thing a couple of things came out that wasn't i've actually written this on my notes um in terms of the changes in recruitment in our industry principles came out of lockdown and thought, actually, I don't need 20 people running my home. I've had four people do it quite happily during lockdown. Now, the four people would disagree and say, we didn't do it happily. We had no choice. It was incredibly stressful. Um, And you were doing less. You weren't having dinner parties and all the rest. It was a lot more easier. But but these principals are now thinking, hold on a minute. You proved to me that you can do it as you are. So all of a sudden, the size of the teams are smaller. And this this term in our industry keeps cropping up called hybrid roles, where all of a sudden, instead of having a house manager, a chef and a butler, we're now having seen roles advertised, house manager, chef, butler, for right. one person, not three people. And so this whole hybrid role, I don't know if it's purely a money thing. It probably is. But I actually think people, wealthy people, have enjoyed having less people in the home. I can imagine. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, and so all of a sudden they're like, well, if you guys, you, you for two years, you did everything. So therefore one person can do everything. And so we're kind of like educating our clients constantly. And I, I, I'm, to be fair, I'm seeing way less of it. And we don't even take hybrid roles anymore. I wouldn't even take one, a nanny stroke housekeeper stroke cook. Like it's yeah. not a role, that's three roles. Yeah. So um, hybrid roles was definitely a thing. Um, and, uh, but, into, but so that, and that was challenging, but um in terms of the market generally busy as an as an industry, ever so busy, which is a good thing. So what about you, com- Well, for our point of view, we were we were very lucky. So we're our, our biggest marketplace is railways. Um, so they couldn't just stop. Mm. Um, so interestingly, as you said, they were decreasing the headcount into your roles. They were multiplying hours. So mm. two small things had changed. They were bringing in COVID marshals. So hiring oh, yeah. additional people to make sure the distancing was done, people were following the right protocols uh, and making sure everything was correct on site. And then small things that probably people wouldn't even consider is that we used to have mini buses of people going between sites of up to 12 people. Mm. You could only have maximum of plus driver, two, three, because mm. they had to then split every single aisle. So mm. then in a really weird way, the whole industry increased the headcount and numbers needed just to deliver single jobs. Mm. So instead of having one minibus, you had to have five. So this is all great for you now. It's great for us. But then if you can imagine one client sees that, the whole country then needs it. So you have a mm. supply chain issue of getting vehicles. Mm. So if people can get mm. enough vehicles and then people couldn't travel together, they had to drive in individual vans or individual cars. You mm. couldn't retake really public transport. Yeah. So the actual, the whole infrastructure increased but it was a really just I don't know the best way of describing it we're very very lucky that consistently our work so our our big work is contingent as well Mm. and then other major projects things like Crossrail still had to continue to be built Um, Mm -hmm. people then were allowed to work from home if they were in office environments Mm -hmm. so we were so lucky that everything just continued Um, Mm. and then really weird things we, we were having to try and find solutions for allowing drivers to drive vans so as we're going look if we can't get guys into vehicles no one has any work mm. and then we had to then go out and find solutions so we found a, a middle ground solution which was really weird thing every taxi in london has a shield between the driver yeah and the passengers right this company yeah. makes it for every single van pre-made wow. so out of 
pure frustration i i phoned every business i could think of under the sun and then went hang on a minute taxes happen who does yeah. all the taxi production and then we found they did it for the nhs they did it for hospitals police forces so that was just a real kind of uh eureka moment to try and just get everything moving again it's weird yeah. how, you, how you kind of react just to make sure yeah what you've got continues yeah 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 so that was a really weird one and then obviously coming out the back of lockdown i don't know about yourself on if you had to if you lost any staff or or not we went from a, a company of so our main office was liverpool street at the time we had a 44 person office we had 38 heads um and by the end of lockdown we were down to 18. Mm. through through people leaving or through you guys cutting deadwood um it's interesting so uh three of the team left on double salary offers mm. because people our competitors were seeing we we're still busy mm. and they believed if they paid more they would get the business doesn't work that way no we work as a every person in this business has a role yeah everything is done by everybody not just a single person so clients are not owned they are they are the business they are part of everybody's day-to-day -day setup mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we're very lucky in that respect that because we're licensed and regulated in our industry you just can't set up the day after and go again so do, is your is your marketplace then competitive that's an interesting one because you can't you can't just phone billionaires and go hi i'm want to send you some people um it's massively um competitive it's hugely saturated there's a million wow. people doing what i do so many people say to me it's so niche what you do you must be raking it in matt there's a million of us um more so less so in america which is our big sort of future plans um um but we'll talk uh, we'll talk we're going to touch on marketing later aren't we and our whole marketing strategy, our whole bd bd really our whole bd focus needs to be very different to everyone else's bd because yes you can't pick up the phone to a king of saudi and ask him about his housekeeping needs um so um <laughs> we need we need workarounds you know celebrities in hollywood um uh, are not going to be taking my phone calls to talk about the harry strategy for 2024 so well you never um, know <laughs> no, no but um but i'll talk about it in a minute so in terms of um and so just to wrap up that little bit so you were saying over coming out of covid you um lost a load of people we did lose people but i only through my choice i used it as an opportunity to get rid of the people that i realized were crap um and then rebuilt how are you you were 18 at that point how many are you now uh 30 again that was loads yeah you're bigger than us we're only 14. yeah i mean you know i was going to say the comment there you know size doesn't really matter does it i guess yeah. in certain things, yeah, Outfit, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's all you know uh, obviously turnover is vanity profit is king you know so yeah. at the end of the day your turnover could be smaller but your profitability could be a lot higher because you don't have the same headcount yeah, cost uh, mm. associated yeah. same headcount everything else it's all it's all yeah. relative at the end yeah, of the day true. It's yeah all true yeah relative. and over the last 12 months then like i've seen people in the tech industry sort of struggle a little bit have you guys been affected over the last year or two no yeah. so we've been so uh, what the biggest change has been uh, I bought the business 12 months ago out from a, the group I was with. Um, it gives you then the ability to reset. So mm. whereas most companies kind of just continue on, continue on, continue on, spend, 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 spend. We had the opportunity to go line by line and decide what was relative, what's not relative and what we can renegotiate. Mm. And that's I should exactly do that. what we did. I, yeah. Honestly, it's a, it's a really, um, it's a bit like, uh, you know, you, you get to reset. And that's what the problem most recruitment companies don't do. They don't generally reset because it's quite hard work. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely think I'm very frivolous as well. Like if, this is, if I have to, if it's going to take a lot of effort to change providers to save me 50 quid a month, I ain't going to do it. No, no, no. But, no, if, no. I, but if I did it across the board, you yeah. know, marginal gains and all that. Probably and make. that's important. I think uh, offices are a real key one. Um, even getting down to the right IT providers, because ultimately, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if your tech stack's not correct, which I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll discuss as part of marketing going mm -hmm. forwards, and that's mm -hmm. wrong, you'll just burn money. Yeah. Continuously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I've just decided, I think I spoke to you about the other day, we've decided to get the hell out of this serviced office at 12 grand a month for 12 people. Like, and we're going to buy, buy a space, I think. If I look, the space I'm looking to buy that holds up to 30 desks. Okay. Um, it, the rent I've paid the last five years here, I could have bought that office out right now. 
I'd have bought it outright, 600, 700 grand. I'd own it. And I'd now be leasing it for whatever. So yeah, the rent, the rent I'm, the money I'm wasting. It's a service office. It's very cool. We've got a gym. There's a bar. There's a cafe. Everyone's sick at the cafe. It's the same food every day. No one drinks in the bar. They'd rather go to Tesco's and drink at the desk. And um, the gym, one person goes to the gym. So it's just, it's great if you use everything. But anyway, but yes, it does. It gets very expensive to run a company, doesn't it? So It does. So it's just trying to find ways of uh, streamlining. And obviously that, that goes into obviously what the future looks like over the next 12, 18 months. Mm. And, you know, uh, from a reset to where we are now, we're in a, a very good position. Um, a lot of it was around marketing and branding. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's so important um, because, again, as you said, in your market space, you're very, very uh, in a very competitive market. Mm. So what stands you out from the rest? Mm. Why should someone pick up the phone to you and trust mm. you with what they're doing? Over yeah, exactly. Else? Yeah, exactly. Um I agree with you. We can, that's one of our points we're going to talk about. Should we go into the, the, the thing about marketing? We're going to talk about, um, we were, we'll pose the question, is marketing a load of fluff? Um, what's your view? You obviously just said a little bit then about it. Definitely C- not. Critical. No, no, we, it, it's critical. And um, yeah. it, it's, I think it's, marketing is, is I, I was just saying before we go on, I've just spent four hours with our, our marketing company. So we outsource that um, to somebody who's to in who? the, um, the marketing junction, a guy called Robert Woodford. Um, oh, nice. He's in recruitment. He's only done recruitment for the last, I think it's 18 years. Um, but it's not just the recruitment part. He will now take, so we when big changes made, we switched over to Bullhorn, which is either people love Bullhorn or they hate Bullhorn. But we again, but I'll put it another way. The best thing about, it's like with marketing and everything is like, if, if your system's not set up to allow you to grow, and you don't do the administration work before you get going, everyone's going to moan about it. Mm. It's wasted. It's wasted effort. Or yeah. at least bring in people that actually know how to use your systems. So from our point of view today, we've just worked out what we need, what we don't need. And he will now take over the automations part. I don't have yeah. to think about it, but he's been doing yeah. that for 20 years nearly with yeah. a recruitment ecosystem. So mm. if you just get the fundamentals and the foundation part correct, which then allows you to link to every source you want to have in a um, mm. social perspective mm. you can't really go too far wrong but yeah I don't have enough brain power or time or effort in my head to allow that to happen uh, how I've managed I agree completely critical there's only been a recent realization so over the 10 years I've had all sorts of different um, ways of managing my marketing so it's an area that I don't think about nor necessarily I do care but it's just not my thing I'm not creative at all I've got no ideas and all the rest um, I had someone internal who, in hindsight, wasn't the right person for the job. I went to one agency who charged a fortune mm-hmm. and um, told me every marketing agency tells you you need a brand new website. In the first six months of building a website that you didn't even did in the first place doesn't work very well before they even start thinking about marketing. Um, first agency, uh, spent a lot of money, didn't get a lot of marketing point of view, went to another agency, it was even worse. And actually, um, the best, our marketing right now is the best it's ever been. And it's actually... Uh, a lady uh, uh, called Megan joined about a year and a half ago, no, not for marketing. Okay. And she joined and actually very good at design, very good at this, very good at that. She's now the our marketing manager and, and she's been having a mentor. Neil from Red Dirt has been her mentor because I don't know, I don't know how to manage a marketing person. I don't know what it should look like. So um, so we now, have, we now have in-house marketing, but we invest heavily. So we're a team of 14. I've got two people on the marketing team. I think that's quite a lot for a team of 14. Um, Megan does all the marketing. We recently took on Imogen, who is young and knows what young people need, and she manages our TikTok and all the rest. And so I think we invest really heavily. I think easily 10% of our revenue is on our marketing. But I think they say. But then if you flip that one, four might be not enough because ultimately your, your mm. business development function comes off the back of your marketing. Mm. So it's all depending if you want your your resources and people in the business to either be sitting there all day business developing on mm. the phone mm. or physically allowing marketing to actually take that and have it more inbound so yeah. I think it was uh it, I I it was the realization I got was a little bit like yourself is uh Gary V everyone I'm sure a lot of people follow yeah. Gary right and he, he the, the the short version is is that he says why spend 160 dollars on a pair of night trainers when you can buy the same quality for 40 
it's because you trust the brand and you, tr- mm-hmm. you trust the swoosh. Mm-hmm. He says there's two types of businesses. There's ones with really good branding and marketing that can talk to millions quickly. Mm-hmm. Or you've got very good salespeople that can talk to individuals. Mm-hmm. So basically he's saying is if your salespeople can talk to a million people a day potentially, mm-hmm. you've got a great one. Mm-hmm. But no one can. Yeah. So you've got to have a really good blend and a really good way of creating your content which then allows your really good salespeople to close. Yeah. But the people knowing what you do before they even pick up the phone to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's brand awareness, isn't it? Like we're, we're very, um, it's a funny one in our industry because I think a lot of our, we're disrupting the industry at the moment as an agency because I think a lot of our competitors when we came along and are and still, I think, think it's a very confidential industry. You've yeah. got to be very discreet. You've got to be very private. Our clients are, 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 are you know, private people. So you can't put anything on LinkedIn. You can't talk about anything. You need to be very shush and do it all behind closed doors. We are the, we are so noisy and vocal and visible in our market. And I basically, we've basically proved to everybody, like you can be really, really vocal and visible with whilst respecting confidentiality. Okay. I'm not shouting about what Johnny Depp has for breakfast. I'm shouting about our no. house managers, how our house managers can manage houses better. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so, you watch Instagram and TikTok, and mm-hmm. the most watched things in the world is estate agents going to billionaires' houses. Yeah. So, they, if you're pushing people walking through the door and showing around the place, yeah. what's the difference be t- between <clears> you talking about how well your staff are looked after by those people? Yeah, exactly. That's a better way of looking at it because it's more attractive then to attract the right staff into those yeah. houses. Yeah, exactly. And um, we've just gone through a massive rebrand. If you actually go on our website right now, it's down with a lovely little picture because we've, we've, we went through a company called Holt actually for our rebrand, but it's a, okay. it's been a major rebrand, major refresh. We need to, yeah. So a similar sort of thing to you in terms of what are we doing, how are we doing it, but I'm really excited for that to come out. But I suppose that leads me into like BD. Another question that we were posed is, um, do recruiters enjoy new BD? Um, I, I, we have to do our BD very differently, but what, what about you guys first? How, do, you, do you guys like being doing BD? So part of the whole reorg, um, so Robert now does our marketing, but I must say up to that point, so if you see our new branding, our new messaging, our website like yours is, is we've got a holding one at the moment. Our latest one should have gone live a few months ago, but mm. we won't go live until we're ready. Yeah. Um, so to be fair, Hoxo did all the legwork, all the, yeah. um, all the, all the, uh, rebranding piece, all the marketing pieces up to that point, and then we need someone to take it over. But we've now purely have a separated business development team, which we've never had before. Ah. So we've just promoted internally. Um, so Rod Lanigan, who was the first person who joined me just under ten years ago, he's January has now been stepped up to business event director, um, or uh, or as we class it here, um, head of entertainment. <laughs> Um, and we have Jess who's joined us about six months ago and a lady called Alicia who's just joined us a week, literally a week ago now. So we've separated out the business. Um, they're targeted against um, growth and they're targeted on the whole business performance, not mm-hmm. just divisions. Yeah. So we are, we're six divisions as a business now. That's another yeah. thing that's grown. So we're now mm-hmm. having to market each division separately. Mm, yeah. With very different messaging um and very different ways of looking at things especially as you've just highlighted you're working in multiple countries mm. with different brains different thought processes and different ways they want to be sold to mm. so that's where we are now we've never had that before but it's it's paying dividends now because it, it's focusing their attention on purely bringing the sales our delivery guys are awesome so there's so at desk level there's zero bd activities for the consultants to do no. Is it all done? Okay, cool. Our so big, we, yeah, our, so big, we... our biggest earn is in our company, our resources. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so I actually also had a BD manager in May, and he and it's completely shaped how our BD is done. There is still there's still an expectation of BD at death level, because um, I think it's important that our consultants engage with uh, a lot of our house managers, but we have to do BD really differently. So as we touched on before, in our industry. You can't go to Google and Google phone numbers of clients, obviously. So how you do you? So we, I completely changed. We cha- really changed our BD strategy a couple of years ago, maybe about three or four years ago, when I realised actually the principal who was my client paying my bill, there's no point trying to market to them because they are not involved in the, their recruitment. 
No. He, the, the billionaire, billion, the, he, he's not going to know. He's just, anyway, not not involved. But back in the day, I used to think, like, maybe I should get inside, like, uh, private jet flight magazines and, like, what do they read? Where do they go? And they yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. So I was like, well, who does manager recruitment? It's the house manager. The most senior member of staff in the house. There's a house manager. You touched on earlier. There's different language used in America. Mm. They call them estate managers. They don't have CVs, they have resumes, et cetera. So you do have yeah, to tell yeah, your marketing. Yeah. Um, but the, the estate manager or the house manager or the private PA, they're the ones that manage recruitment. So our business, our, the way I run my business as a whole really completely changed when I deemed them to be my client. Okay. And they're really, they're really easy to be people to engage with. They're candidates half the time. Yeah. And so this is where um, we do a lot of community work, which you may have heard me bang on about before. Um, so uh, a massive BD uh, focus for us is our communities. So if I want to, for example, find, if I want to venture into Texas, yeah. How do I find clients in Texas? I go and find every estate manager I can who works in Texas. They're all on LinkedIn, job boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say to and I say to them, all, your job's incredibly challenging. It's also very isolating. Do you want to join a free WhatsApp group of house managers in Texas that you can all support each other? A bit like okay. our TRN thing. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Is it free? You guys are amazing. Anyway, we've got 12 WhatsApp groups now, over a thousand yeah. community members. Um, and we just do all their recruitment. So like they're, they're so it's sort of like they're all Easy, potential right? clients. It's all potential clients, exactly. <laughs> so, but all of a sudden, it's just like our BD now doesn't feel um, cold, hardcore BD. It's not forced. So whilst yeah. no, and so whilst I have a BD manager who helps support BD at desk level, and he does a lot of BD himself, he grows all the communities, etc. I do the the consultants at desk level. Their BD focus is engaging with their community because, for example, my Dubai consultant who has a Dubai WhatsApp group. It may as well yeah. be him making the checking calls to the to the community okay. members, not my BD manager, because when they're wanting to talk about staff, do you know what I mean? Anyway, so we, so, so we class it, so if I step away for a second, so we're class it as client focus, yeah. site focus. So again, our guys will be site focus management. So still business a better thing. Yeah. But they deal with it with the site <laughs> level, like you're saying there. And we have obviously our resource team that I'll be honest with you, once the client is one, play like yourself, it's the management and maintaining and relationships. Mm. It's pure mm. relationships. People doesn't yeah. matter. Regardless of marketing, automations, AI, I don't care what anyone says, relationships still win out. Yeah. So how you present yourself, it will get you to the point of to the front door. But if you don't deliver on your own bullshit, yeah. you ain't gonna last very long. Yeah, so true. And if you did and if you've got a good relationship, you've got a client for life, you haven't got to worry about everything else. They'll they'll not they shouldn't have a reason to go anywhere else. No. But yeah, this whole, I think people think about BD and sales. I think, I just think back to my office angel days where I had to do 100 sales calls a week, 10 visits, all this extra stuff. And it was all very figures based and it was all just like hardcore, like quite aggressive yeah. sales. I don't like that. I don't like receiving it. I don't like doing it. So it's quite fortunate that that's not effective in my industry anyway. I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we've had to find, so a lot of our BD now, a lot of the way I see BD is um, add value, add value, add value, add value, and be in the right place when they want to hire. So yes. we've got the podcast we've had for five, four years now. The community, and that's so we get a lot of we get business off that. The communities is a big focus of ours. Um, we do loads of events with it. We do loads of training, loads of webinars. So all we try and really do from BD point of view is try and add value to these house managers Correct. and try and really support them in their roles, bring them together, make them fall in love with us, and then then you've got the relationship, you know. But it's interesting what you just said there with the, the other things you mentioned. So you just said earlier on that you haven't really focused on marketing until the last 12 mm. months. If you actually just step back on everything you've just said there, that is marketing. Yeah. The whole lot it of it is marketing. marketing. Yeah. I, I think possibly where you probably haven't seen it in marketing is that how, how well do you actually um, highlight and tell people the different things you just said? Uh, I think we're pretty vocal about it. It's kind of sort of like all over sort of LinkedIn, especially those, uh, the communities and stuff. But yeah, I suppose it's funny, that is, that is all marketing. Is You're marketing. right. When I think of marketing, I think of quality email campaigns, the follow-up, the review, using the data effectively, getting, seeing what the ROI is yeah. uh, on your Google spend, that kind of stuff. That's the sort of, I think that's hard, that's marketing. But you're right, it is all marketing, isn't it? It's all brand awareness. It's all... It's personal yeah. branding, which is, yeah. which is which is really, you know, and, and to be fair, again, from uh, working with the TRN and obviously they uh, working with Hoxo alongside. Mm. It sounds like we're, we're pushing everyone over ourselves this afternoon on, these, uh, on yeah. this conversation. But to be fair, you know, it... it I think people take LinkedIn as um, you've got to talk about work all the time. Mm. You've got to be very work centric. It's, um, you know, when we're, we're in our, our group conversation of a day and 
uh, as a gentleman there talking about his business. And I think I posed the question is, what does your team and what does the wider industry know about you? Mm. You know, all people can see is that you, Philippa, own a recruitment business. Yeah. But what do they actually know about you? Why should they work with you? What's your what's your moral standing? What's your background? What do you actually believe in? And to be fair, that that you know, we've worked quite hard now. I have myself personally, and when you look at statistics and things like that, we're actually now our second biggest person viewing us as a business is recruiters and salespeople. Mm. Which nice, if you went yeah. two two years ago, yeah, wouldn't it be in the top twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a massive believer in personal branding and it was actually the personal branding course I did with Sean at Hoxo that got me that set up my podcast initially and yeah, gave yeah. me and gave me the idea of community so I've got it, it didn't they would also support our marketing they were my first agency I referenced the marketing support didn't work for us at the time using them however okay. the personal the personal branding and yeah. the um, community stuff is brilliant and I'm a massive massive advocate and I completely agree with you and we actually just this it's a Thursday no yesterday was Thursday yesterday morning we did a personal branding refresher training for everyone in my team and everyone's now everyone's um the way we sort of like rank performance and uh, look at the promotional cr uh, criteria we have the four b's behaviors feelings business development and now branding and people's personal branding is now part of their job and so it's now on the job descriptions when people join they have a that part of their role is personal branding so you can't sit there and be like oh i'm so embarrassed i'm sitting on live part of your job leave like it's, it's so important to me that every every single person in my company shows our audience about them let people in and as you say if people the more people know of you the more they like you the more they'll trust you the more they think you're credible i get i literally get roles linkedin messages with roles regularly and it's because i'm all over linkedin with all sorts of random crap do you know what i mean yeah 100 yeah, so 100%. important i'm so with you on that but it goes it does get to a point where uh, i'm not gonna lie with you've you've had a a nice uh, ability to be consistent and grow as you as you said for the last period I've come from the other way I've just gone for a complete buyout and I think yesterday I started writing a LinkedIn post of the last 12 months and two years mm. and if you actually reflect and go through the process I think I I, I think I got to a capacity my brain couldn't take anymore mm. and that's where suddenly you go away from being an outbound LinkedIn person that you were before it's a bit like when you stop going to the gym you physically got to force yourself back in over that line and you'll go and buy a bit of gym equipment it sits in the corner for a year because you're going oh, i'll use that or you download a couple of videos going i'll do that exercise it doesn't happen you so, know what it's like it's like you were listening into my training yesterday because i was saying the exact same thing for me i go through phases with my linkedin with my personal branding i'll be super creative super inspired and I'll put loads of good shit out there. Some of it will fly, some of it will crash, whatever. But then, but then I'll go to, but then, but then if I don't do it for a while, I'm lack, I lack it. And literally yesterday morning I said to people, it's like you've not been to the gym for ages. Once you get back into it and you start to see the results, 100%. you become addicted again. I, I, really, I used the exact same analogy yesterday. So um, but yeah, it's exactly like that. And I think, but then because, because I'm trying to get everybody on board with it, I want us all to be held accountable. And, and also because a lot of my guys are like, if, if we're all kind of doing it, then we'll take inspiration from each other and in our monday morning meeting now our monday morning meeting the very end little wrap up we're like right anyone got any ideas for linkedin this week we'll have a look on the board yeah. like what's what's going on this week what's happening like what around the world what day is it you know stupid yeah, yeah donut yeah. day or whatever um and we put some stuff in but oh yeah it's the world cup here that then ronaldo's just gone there and we just put some stuff up there just give people ideas as a team okay. of what they can post but you can do um, really see things and daryl works for us he uh he puts stupid things up like i don't know warruses and Last year with the snow, people slipping over. I mean, he had 150,000 yeah. views of a bloke slipping over on yeah. his front front lawn with ridiculous amount of comments and like. And you're going, I poured my heart out the week before, and yeah. now I'm flipping Reddit. And you're going, I can't win. I can't win. My uh, my best my best uh, LinkedIn post to date that went fully viral was a picture of Freddo's. At 68p a Freddo, and it says this is our Brits measure. <laughs> this is our Brits measure inflation, and that went viral. And I was like, I agree with you. I've got pictures of my babies on there. I've yeah, got like my yeah, yeah. my. I've opened my heart out, but like showing how extortionate Freddos are now. That is what. That's what did hurt. Freddos were 10p. 10p I know. Were Freddos, right? Yeah, 68p. 
I know, 68p, you know, yeah, it I'm went not off. sure about that. I'm not sure about that. No, but branding, look, branding's really important. And that's yeah. not just um, what you're physically putting online. I don't know how much merchandise you do or not. Uh, I, once you're facing merchandise, I realised even if you did good, good merchandise, it's crap for a billionaire. Uh, I, can't, I, can't send, I can't send a branded coffee cup while he's getting on his private jet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, 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 I okay. stopped, so I so I stopped doing merchandise, but I still invest in a way. Like, but, but again, with our house managers, like we do a lot of like lunches, take people out, we do events, okay. get people together. I'll go to Florida, we get on a roof, get everyone together. But like, I, even if I got really quality stuff, even for the house managers, it's crap. The gifts they get from their bosses are insane. Pens don't cut it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've but it probably worked in your industry. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even. I wouldn't even consider that. Yeah, I've got I've got loads of merchandise in my office. I'm embarrassed to give out people. I can't give out these really bad um, and old uh, battery power packs that are not even good anymore with my load my shit logo on it, and it doesn't even charge your phone. But like all the merchandise I've got is crap for this lo- world luxury world. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. So, yeah, you can't even compete. No. Wow. What would you yeah, do? What would okay. you do sometimes? What would you do sometimes? So say, for example, we've got a client. Who we do a lot of recruitment for? They're not necessarily again. They're not with the PA. If if one of a, if one of my team is going for a meeting with them, they'll go with a nice Aspinall notepad and a Mont Blanc pen, and they'll give them that as a nice gift once a year, a nice little gift. But I don't still with one any of it anymore because I feel like people don't use it. <laughs> but um, it, it's a different world, isn't it? When I was at Office Angels, though, when I was at Office Angels, merchandise, pink shit everywhere. Yeah, like every- yeah, yeah of It was like a massive thing. So. And I think I think most other recruitment agencies, as long as they knew someone at Office Angels, they never need any stationery themselves in their office. Ever, no. You just you just you <laughs> acquired it from everybody else. Yeah, 100%. exactly. So my brain's just mind blowing. Of course, it, I mean it's a different level of individual you're dealing with. It's yeah, yeah you can't do merchandise. Yeah, you physically can't do merchandising. There's nothing. Even if I gave them a Ferrari, it, I wouldn't even. It wouldn't even. Wouldn't even want that because I've got. 12 other better cars, do you know what I mean? So yeah, so we so and we just gave up. We just don't do it. We just gave That's up. Really cool. Um, they would but, rather want they'd rather one percent off their fee. Is what they'd rather. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Of course. So that, that five hundred pounds you want to argue over, then you go, no. okay, cool. It yeah. that doesn't even touch the sides. Yeah. Blimey. Exactly. Wow, that is yeah. a different world completely. So <sighs> I, I think we covered through some yeah. of the marketing is this fluff, but obviously then what leads on to marketing as well is I think automation. We were yeah. discussing um, that's like you're you're a bullhorn user like we yeah. are now. Um, yeah. How long have you been on bullhorn? Years, years and years. years. Yeah, years and years and years. And we're gonna in, come January. We're doing the bullhorn automation. Uh, you so you had done before. No, we've 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 been to the whole demo. We've seen how it all works. Okay. I think people use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard from multiple people. It takes a lot of time to set up. Mm. Take your time. Use it for what you need it. You need someone to manage it. If it's done well and you focus, it can be fucking brilliant. But a lot of people get so overwhelmed and not using any of it. I'm a massive believer in automation, and I don't think that it dehumanizes the process if you use it for the right things. I'm not going to start getting a robot to call my candidates, obviously. So, like all the human bits that are really important, the relationship building. I don't think I don't think tech will ever be able to replace that, especially meeting people face to face, all the relationship, all that, all that stuff. But oh my god, all a lot of the communication could could and should be automated. So that's what we're going to use it for. I want to really increase. Yeah, I want to really increase the uh, number of touch points our clients can get over the year, but I want to automate it all. Whilst it doesn't feel like automation, Yeah, it's, it's, it's what quality <clears throat> you add into the um, content. Yeah. It's the quality over quantity in certain respects. But again, it sounds like you've got a lot of content that would be very good to put out there. It's been, especially things like your podcast. Because again, yeah. that's working with state managers, that's talking, yeah. talking to owners. So yeah. again, it gives an inside conversation and viewpoint from the people actually doing the, the jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of people who come and talk to me don't. If you should go speak to a waitress, they have no idea that this world exists or how to get into it. You know, you watch yeah, these shows yeah. like Below Deck, and you see people doing stuff like you don't actually know how to get into these industries. Yeah, and like, yeah. um, I want to go and like chat. People look down on hospitality in our industry. I think as a career, I don't think there are many people who dream of being a waitress the rest of life. However, you turn the word waitress to butler, yeah. and all of a sudden, I've made butlers on 200 grand a year, you know, that travel everywhere, do everything, like the world that they it's are living in is insane. There's compromise and a lot mm-hmm. of sacrifice, 
because your principal's family become more important than your family and you all miss your own sure. family weddings for their son's football game because he's still got his football boots, whatever. But um, but it's like the hospitality does not be does not need to be looked at as something you do between jobs, something you do when you're student, something you do if you're foreign and you live in this country. It could and should be looked at as a really incredible career. Wow. But wow. people don't know it exists and people don't know how to get into it. Um, and so that's what the podcast is all about, educating and inspiring. We get we give people an insight into this world, what they should know, how to get in, and interview loads of different people that work in it and what their journey looked like, etc. But um, but yeah, like, going back to yeah, so we've got lots of content like that to you know market out to. Yeah. So have you have you have you are you going to map out your full into automation process before you get going, or are you just going to go? Yeah, with it? no, map out. So they've been like nagging us and nagging us and nagging us to sign up, sign up this, not sign up. And we're like, we basically said, we're not signing up until we have a full map. It's going to look like prison break on the wall. It's going to be like, so, do you know what I mean? It's going to, I want every single thing. And also, I'm not going to go nuts. I'm not going to go in with like 150 sequences. I'm going to start with like, there we go, that's your map. That is literally what we've just done. This is what we've just done today with our yeah. marketing guy. And on the back side is what we did with Adam Gibson. When we actually put together why we're going with Bullhorn and all yeah, nice. business operate, all automations for the company. So yeah, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm environmentally friendly, so I'm using yes, both sides. Very nice. And uh, it also means as well, because it's drawn out, you can start relaying it back each time you have a marketing meeting and yeah. start ticking things off because it's such a broad spectrum, even down to linking every single one of your um, social pages together. Yeah. And then using a platform of how they're actually going to multi-post onto one. And then how does mm. that automation come from bullhorn to the multi-poster mm. to go out? Mm. And are you going to use video over yeah. pictures over everything else? Yeah. So that that was that was four hours with two marketing people, one of them being the owner. Yeah. And we haven't even got started. And that's and that's just that's just thinking about what you can automate, not actually physically implementing the automation and sort of testing right. it. I think how we plan to do it, we plan to map it all out, but I plan to do it in stages. So for example, quarter one, I'll have 10 sequences and then we'll and then we'll layer on top after that. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to go in with like, let's just try and like do it all. I want, I want to start, so let's just do automation for candidates yeah. who are coming to whatever, do you know what I mean? So I want to, um, but yeah, I want to, because it's not cheap and because you don't want to get it wrong, um, we're just going to, um, ease into it i think yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but i'm a big i'm a big believer in it i think people that don't automate just are creating the rubber own back there's a lot of work you don't have to be doing manually Correct. well so. robert, robert robert gave today a six months just to get it moving yeah that's that's what i'm thinking yeah minimum and he said the the clients he worked with he still works with now they're five years in and still, still te automated. tweaking yeah still tweaking because nothing's perfect no. And the problem is, I think in our industry in particular, we give up too quick. Yeah. And then people then will talk badly about the systems they use because A, they haven't had involvement in how it's set up. And yeah. B, they just don't know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't got the resources. I suppose we are, I feel, I often feel, oh my God, do I need two marketing people in a such a small company? Like I'm so, so heavily invested. But then, but then I've got resources to do stuff like this really well. So that's Which why I'm great. really keen to get on with it. Yeah, because it is a big job. I've been kicking the can down the road a bit, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a January problem. But that's even start mapping. I, we plan to have it all mapped out before then, but I don't think we're going to have a chance. I think, but I agree with you. Get it all mapped and then stand, stand on the dotted line. I think draw it out. Yeah. Honest to God. Adam Gibson, so my next episode of my podcast comes out uh, next week. And Adam Gibson's on there, who is the gentleman who introduced me to Source of Truth. Mm. And I use I use it for everything now in the business, regardless if it's work, marketing, hiring, everything else. And source of we truth. Add, we add to it. It's, a, it's an mm. IT term. Never heard it before until we told no. me. So we, we do source of truth and what ifs. Yeah. So you map out the source of truth and then you work through every what if. And if what, you do you mean, them, what do you mean by source? What do you mean by source of truth? Source of truth. The so source of truth. So your marketing is your source of truth. Oh, fine. The topic, the thing, the and then, thing. And so take take bullhorn automation. Yeah. So that's your source of truth. How is that yeah. going to then communicate with your with bullhorn to your website to then automate it to all your social channels and then that's outbound. Then how is everyone yeah. going to communicate coming back in yeah. from them? Where do they land on your website? What pages yeah. do you want them to see? Then mm. does that page actually work? 
will it yeah. allow them to actually get the information you need to get to you quickly mm. so it's a real and that's when the what if comes in well what if they yeah. go to that link mm. and why does it take you to that page oh okay yeah. well if we actually add an mm. extra button that might get us the better information yeah so yeah it's, it's it's all non-actual recruitment making money work yeah it's all spend before it comes back it's hard work running an agency isn't it like there's so much <laughs> everyone starts an agency everyone starts an agency because you're a good recruiter once upon a time no one ever trains on how to run an agency this is why trm are such a massive support for mm. me i always yeah. say that when i joined trm about five years ago that's when i started running my business like a business rather oh, yeah. than me just doing a job. I still remember James, if he's listening, I still remember James saying, um, so can I see a business plan? And can I see your uh, p and I'm like, what's a p and and what's a business plan? <laughs> did, I did any of them. Now I'm obsessed about my P&L, like, do you yeah, know what I mean? So, um, but so yeah, it's funny. Out of, in, out of interest being a TRM member, were you at any point resistant to anything that was suggested? That's quite an interesting Oh yeah, loads one. at the beginning. I was like, I don't do any of this. Yeah, and then you then and then you soon learn. It took I reckon, but I reckon I've been like really interested in my PL for about a year. So it took them four years to teach me or convince me or demonstrate to me that you cannot scale your business if you don't know your numbers. Okay. Um, and it's so true. But it was about a year ago. I was like, okay, let me um dig out this PL and just dust it off and update it and see what it looks like. And and now I like I get excited about it. Like, I like I like doing sort of my budget out of 24. Like, it's exciting, do you know what I mean? So so what um, does the next 12 to 18 months look like then? That's a really good uh, way to obviously finish this off. We've it is got actually, there. Look, look, look how we've look flowed, at, Philippa. Look oh, at that. We, we, naturals. We, as if we've never, you know, as if we've done this before. I know. Uh, yeah, no, so we're really busy at the moment. So we are, we're about to expand. We've got this new re, the rebrand and the new website and all of that is going to be live next week. And then the big plans for 24, I'm going to go nuts in America. Yeah. We're finding, I'm finding business there easy. Um, salaries are so much higher fees are higher and Americans actually like like us and are yes. being um, dickheads and they move they make decisions you know so yeah, it's, um, it's yeah so we're having a lot of success over there and um, but we're also um excitingly about to well over the course of next year going to set up a couple of new arms of Silver Swan so we've got Silver Swan okay. will be the group we'll have Silver Swan private which is what we're doing at the moment the private side of it we're going to set up Silver Swan corporate um because a lot of CEOs ultra high net worth in the business space need yeah. a lot of support so we do a lot of EA recruitment already, PA recruitment within the business environment, but we also want to recruit into family offices and recruit for still in the luxury world, but we can recruit into concierge companies, private members clubs. Okay. So yeah. high, high end hospitality that might not necessarily be in a home. Um, yeah. And then at the end of the year, I want to set up service on hotels where we recruit for the best hotels in the world. Not so much probably the housekeeping butlers, but the management or senior, yes. senior members of staff. So Silver Swan, by the end of the year, I'd like us to have three uh, revenue stream, Silver Swan Private, Silver Swan Corporate, Silver Swan Hotels. So that's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. What about what about you? America again. Yeah, nice. Um, Northern Ireland. We're very busy in Southern Ireland. We're now very busy in. So I've just got someone. I've got my ticket agent phoning me. I'm going to hang up on him. He's phoning me on a. <laughs> the only thing you can get me on today. Um. So yeah, America's uh, big. Um, Europe. Um. White collar, so again, we we are we're dom predominantly a ninety percent split blue collar contingent to ten percent white mm. or technical professionals. So our, our focus now is to try and even that up as much as physically possible. Um, yeah. So, um, we're 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 targeting. We've just finished this year, end of last month, so we finished on just uh just over nineteen million turnover. Um, oh my god, that's with, massive. With um. We're profitable, which is good. So that's that's uh, that makes me happy for the first year of taking over. And that's with that, that's with about thirty people. That's that's loads, isn't it? That's twenty twenty yeah, twenty yeah, so that's that's that we were we're twenty eight now, but seven of those only joined in the last five mm. months. Yeah. Um we're hiring again, so we're looking for another probably about eight people to join us. I am looking yeah. for enough for looking for an EA, so we, oh, we, yeah, we, a, go. we we could have another conversation <laughs> on that in a minute. That could be quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um uh -huh. And then, you know, we're, we, we're just very lucky. We've got some very strong frameworks for our clients. Um, mm. So in the railway industry, we work in control periods every five years. Mm. So we're now coming up to this end and spend period. And then we get mm. the next five years of spend coming into our industry. Mm. Um, the infrastructure and construction markets in America are just ridiculous. And as you say, it's, it's the salaries. 
Mm. Um, because they yeah. don't pay healthcare, they don't pay pensions. It's all wrapped yeah. up up front. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, they're, they're, they, they, they are quite happy to talk to you and just want help. Yeah. Um, so if you're consistent in what you do and you, you know, you, you're straight to the point, you don't lie mm. and you deliver, can't, you can't yeah. lose we're no, not rocket exactly. scientists philippa we're not rocket no. scientists we're not doctors yeah, we're not yeah, here yeah. to save the world we're literally just yeah. trying to give people work yeah um, exactly yeah so for me it's gonna be you know the reason why we set the business up it is now so it's to allow probably a bit like yourself to allow you to go and create and um push the new markets yeah exactly it's exciting isn't it? it's really exciting mm. stuff so it's really good stuff so again yeah so it's, it's Hiring away, it's just again keeping an eye on the bottom line, um, and I think that the key thing as well is is actually look at every piece of tech we've got, how mm. it works, and physically use it properly. Yeah, um, I think we fail miserably in our industry by actually we we like shiny things. Yeah, yeah, and then then novelty 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 wears off, and then it's just sat in the back cupboard and no one's using it. No one yeah. actually uses it. Um, yeah. So we've just we just invested in Zoom Info. I don't know if you use that for America no. or not. So the the differences for between UK and America, the GDPR laws, there isn't. Mm. Um, so you can access people's names, numbers, and contacts openly and freely. And market so to them, yeah. The reason why I kind of bring this up is that I, I still love the films like Wall Street. You look at uh, Glenn Gary, mm. Glenn Ross, and you look mm. at uh, Boiler Room. All mm. three of those businesses were work, or sorry, films based on businesses were all worked off telephone books. Yeah. And all those telephone books are is from marketing perspective of people mm. responding in to adverts. So yeah, let's yeah. fast forward 20 years. It's no different. We've now just got the ability to search it online through these yeah. companies that still mm. collect the data, still put it onto a system, but it's now instant accessibility with a search facility. Yeah. That's all that's changed mm. is it 100 accurate time will tell but yeah if you try to do that in the uk or in europe you're gonna get yourself into trouble very quickly yeah so from an open market point of view why not so this is where it comes back to how do you then use that data could it go straight into bullhorn yeah and i can how can you automate how can you increase the communications with automation which then yeah. pushes onto the marketing which then pushes yeah. onto the content which then pushes very broadly very quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look into that. Look into that. Yeah. So again, as I say to anyone TRN and anyone listens to anything I have to say, which I say a lot and not everyone wants to listen to it. If anyone wants to talk for any stuff, I'm always available to talk for it. So I, I get very excited by this side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I, 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 I get really excited by other people's success. I don't know why. Yeah. It's always been in me that way. Yeah. I don't want anything for it. I just like people being happy and people being yeah. successful. Yeah, good for you. It's good to see, isn't it? It's why TRN's great. We all get 100%. to like work on this together and share and help and support, etc. So, should we let people get on with their days? No, let's talk for another four <laughs> hours. I can keep talking. <laughs> we can talk about everything else away, but no, but no, I've, I've really enjoyed this, Philippa. That's been really uh, good. We'll, uh, we're, we're. Well, are you going to the January huddle? Yes. We'll see you then. We'll be there. I will see you then. 